This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Groiso! It's Friday, it's Pod O'Clock, and it's Dragonheart. Well, we now know that the Netflix documentary will be on FX and be called Welcome to Wrexham. Rumour has it, Chester will launch their own reality show called Why Come to Chester? It'll only be available on Zoom and they promise special guest appearances. Can't imagine what that would mean. Boren Wood charged us to park the team bus on Saturday. They couldn't defend a two-goal lead though. Perhaps they need to learn how to park the bus themselves. Maybe we should charge their fans an extra five pounds each to park at the race course next time they come here. That would raise an extra 15 quid. Today, we're going to look back on the Bournemouth match and the Notts County match, and we're going to have a look at the possibilities that eSports presents for Exxon Football Club. So, what are we waiting for? It's time for Dragonheart. I'm Fiacre Kelleher, and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. Yes, so it's time for Dragonhearts. We're in, a, uh, we're in those, the same room for once. Uh, amazing. What a, what a privilege for us both. I'm Mark Griffiths. That's Che Long over there. Yeah. Happy to be back on. It's nice that we can get back in the same room together, really. Yeah, absolutely. I want to improvise a little bit today because yeah. of uh, social distancing and all that malarkey. And as you can see, I've been out in the rain, just running around, having fun and <laughs> celebrating the Bournemouth victory. And that's what I'll get on to first. Um, I guess I have to do this to begin with because my commentary in my front room went down well. People noticed how excited I got after <laughs> that winning goal. And Young can feed it wide. Lots of space for Jarvis. He stands it up to the far post. Head in the goal mouth. Yes! yes! It's 3-2! Come on. Paul Johnson again! Unbelievable! Brilliant cross that by Jarvis. And Paul Johnson gets his second goal. The 90th minute. And Wrexham are in the lead. Yeah, that's how you do Coventry in your house. It was so, I mean, I've done it before, but it was, it did, it sounds so odd just having no background noise. Uh, we've have to do commentaries in, uh, well, in those circumstances, quite simply because Bournemouth won't let us come in and do a commentary, which was charming of them. They're not the first, and I don't think they'll be the last, so I think I'll be commentating from my front room on a Dagenham game. I've had my cats coming in and joining in on, on occasions. On that occasion, the crowd noise is provided by my son, who was sitting behind me watching the stream. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a good time. I've got to be by the end. We had well, a good time, but it was an odd experience. To be fair, I think most Wrexham fans' living rooms are going wild. <laughs> we we were the same. I was running up and down my kitchen. It was, it was brilliant, and it was nice to see us really fight back, and not for the first time this season either, really. Oh yeah, terrific spirit that we showed, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was quite funny. Um, we did scare the cats. <laughs> My wife was upstairs and she thought some terrible incidents had happened. Actually, no, that's a complete utter lie. My wife is used to us doing this. So she's used to us screaming. And it's interesting to see we have three cats all got just after Christmas. And it's interesting to see which ones are already getting used to us getting overexcited when there's football on the telly. Um, but yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> they, they must see this the, it on the telly and think, oh, let's, let's leave the room. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> oh, do they, they get involved uh, in it? Our old it? cat used to watch the game really closely and she wasn't <laughs> at all bothered when we started screaming and swearing at it. Um, these guys, yeah, one doesn't care, another one is a bit wary. And the third one just is nuts, so she doesn't. She, she's not bothered what's going on. This is, you're welcoming to the Cat Lovers Podcast here <laughs> with the Wrexham AFC media team. Next week, tortoise shell or tabby? Why not both? Anyway, should we talk about football? Let's talk about football. Let's talk about Boreham Wood first. Yeah. Um, poor first half. Horrendous. But it all turns out nice in the end. Well, we don't like to do things easily, do we, at Wrexham? <laughs> you know, um, I thought first half, we were poor. We, we, I think they, they had control of the game, didn't they? Yeah. And we looked a bit lost. I think the, the first two goals were quite avoidable too, really, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I think that set well, I'm I'm gonna be spoiler alert talking a lot about midfield setups <laughs> in the about the games this week. Yeah. I think the way that game panned out didn't necessarily set uh, suit the sort of setup we had in midfield. Um, in both games this week, we've missed Jay Harris enormously in yeah. terms of his presence. Um, and I mean, I didn't think, I've got to be honest, I didn't think the first half was as disastrous as a lot of people felt. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they had many chances. They were better than us, I'm not, not denying that, and they deserved to be ahead. But I didn't think they had all that many chances. But they, they, well, like I said, they were avoidable goals. goals. And as a result of that, we found ourselves two goals down. But I never felt we were terrible, just below par. And I guess second half, we were able to step it up. But the, the substitutions in the second half yeah. were what changed the game, really. Exactly. Um, I thought Jarvis had an excellent game. Mm. He, he's shown his creative flair that... We like so much, isn't it? And I think that's why a lot of fans are very passionate about him because he he does play f beautiful football, doesn't he? Exactly. He's a, he's a proper tidy little yeah. player, isn't he? And he's you know he's he was going down the left hand side a lot. Yeah. And was able because he's he's comfortable on the ball to make time for himself. I mean, I, I, in some ways, that cross for the third goal is an example of it. You know, obviously he's on his wrong foot, but he's going to make enough time to spin around and, and dink balls in with his right. Yeah. He can deliver with his left, as we saw on Tuesday with the ball he played in for Angus when he had that mm. flick head into the side netting. And also, he, um, you know, he, he is, I think, pretty sharp. He does read the game pretty well, and he was also getting into nice little pockets of space because of that, so he has the time to work onto his right foot. Um, I'll get onto this in the Notts County game, but I was slightly surprised at how he was working on the right primarily when he was going wide rather than the left because I thought that the way that Jarvis and Green combined on Saturday mm. was fantastic. They both looked on the same wavelength, their movement complemented each other, they were making space for each other. I was a little surprised that he, I can't remember him going on the left-hand side against Notts County, but he, he, you know, you can see the qualities Jarvis has got, can't you? Oh, of course, but I, I feel sometimes like he can look really good or be completely out of the game yeah. and We'll get on to the Notts County game, but he, he he was really good. And Ponticelli as well, I think he's excellent. Maybe if he's fit enough, yeah. he deserves a start on Saturday, I think. I think I think it's a matter of time for his... Well, unless he runs out of it this season, because he did look... Well, he made a huge difference. Oh, let's talk about game. that header. That was... Oh, wow. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, best header goal I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an awkward ball for him to deal with. And for him to finish that header the way he did, it wasn't... An easy header at all, no, was it? No. It, 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 was, it was amazing. It was fantastic instincts, wasn't it? Because yeah. it, was, it was too high, really. Yeah. But he realised it had pace on it, and if he, he just had to try and direct it, didn't yeah. he, rather than put any power on it. And he just stretched and did it beautifully. What a hell of a header that, wasn't it? And what, what minute was that again? It was the... 86, 87th, wasn't it? 86, 87th minute, and that, that was... Ooh, brilliant draw we were like weren't we yeah, I think yeah. every Exeter fan's like oh we'll take that to draw but we kept, we kept on going with it I think this side what this side really has is a really real belief in itself yeah. and um, to get that last minute goal it's, 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 there's nothing better in football is there well, I mean Holval as you heard yeah. <laughs> I mean Hall Johnson I mean it was odd wasn't it because in the first half I, I thought he didn't have a very happy time with it yeah the Sandmi's coming down the left hand side they've matched us up played three at the back and uh, Hall Johnson is not getting at Elisami much at all. He's not coming forwards. And Elisami had a beating of him. He beat him before the first goal and then got past him again and put the mm. stand, stood the ball in. Um, and so, yeah, he was having a pretty unhappy time of it. But then, my goodness, his impact in the second yeah. half. My, well, I mean, that, the goals were great. But that second, well, the header, oh, just, he was, just... You talk about players wanting it. He just Michael. launched himself yeah. at it, didn't he? It, it was, yeah, yeah. It was excellent and a great way to what I thought after the first half. I thought, oh, it's going to be a long Saturday night. This and then, <laughs> yeah. How football is great, and I'm not going to say the the cliche that everyone says the game of you know what, but <laughs> it it Fools. really was, and it's the same again on Tuesday, wasn't it? With the we switched again in the yeah, second yeah. half, didn't we? And played really well. I overall really impressed with the, the comeback on Saturday. It was fabulous, wasn't it? It really, really was. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I, even when we were playing badly, Bournemouth weren't making that many clear chances. The, yeah. the second goal felt avoidable. Um, I think he's a good striker, obviously, Shamanga. Yeah. He's, he's been able to turn Vassal. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Vassal. Maybe with other defenders, I wouldn't be thinking about this so much, but I expect Vassal to not let him turn in that situation, yeah. really. And then the finish, I don't know, maybe Linton is a tight angle. Maybe not. It's, it's hit hard across him. Um, but it just felt like there were points there where that goal could have not happened. And but our defence deserve a mistake in him now oh, and gosh, then. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. I think throughout the season, our defence has been pretty solid, yeah. hasn't it? So, But we ended up winning the game, so that's all that matters, really, isn't it? Precisely. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. yeah. And that led us into Tuesday then, really, didn't yeah. it? Which, well, I think our side, both our silence then summed up the game. <laughs> I think... First half on the Notts County game, it, it was horrendously frustrating to watch, wasn't it? They were very good, weren't they? In the first yeah. 25 minutes till they scored, they were superb. I yeah. And, you know, we were actually talking about this this morning, weren't we? Teams are allowed to play well against yeah, us. Well, this Sometimes thing. you just can't control that. Um, I, I think there was a an issue in that game with our midfield configuration, yeah. personally. Now, let, let's be honest. Firstly, Jay Harris is not fit. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. You can't yeah. replicate Jay Harris. Probably the closest option we got to that would be Horsfield in midfield. Um, and although I think I think also could do a job as a holding midfielder, I totally understand that there are other players ahead of him in the queue. And, yeah. You know that would be maybe a slightly left field move to pick him. And after Jarvis's performance on yes. Saturday, you can't yeah. not pick someone who's played that well. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, with hindsight. Well, maybe you do pick Jarvis. I, I would. I think I expected Rutherford to start. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that Saturday's problems were necessarily down to him being bad as much as the nature of that game didn't suit him. Yeah. In some senses, and to be fair, Keats implied that in his post-match interview with both him and Omatai when they brought him off the halftime. Yeah. It wasn't so much they'd done badly as he had to alter things. Yeah. Um, but. I felt a little bit on Tuesday that essentially, I mean, they, they again played the same formation as us, yeah. but their midfield three were a three. Uh, they moved together up and down the pitch and you know, they had a real sort of, they were a cohesive unit. Yeah. Um, when when Reeves is getting into those positions around the edge of the box, O'Brien's up there with him, Doyle's not that far off, they were able to work those triangles, work the ball between them. We left Jarvis up he, he, essentially, he played in the hole, didn't he, behind the two strikers? Yeah. And my personal opinion, now I'm, you know, I'm not a football manager, so to be fair, I can I could be wrong. I think that was an error. Yeah. Because they had a spare man in the middle of the pitch, yeah. and I, I just felt for that first 25 minutes, the way they were shifting the ball around, it was really obvious. They had the spare man; they could just work it between them, and then one of them would get into a good position. There were a mm. couple of instances that that stood out in my mind. One was the ball was sort of just left of centre and O'Brien had it. Both Davis and Younger attracted towards him and because of that, because Jarvis is, is not picking anybody up, he's higher up the pitch, O'Brien can just slide a pass between those two midfielders to Reeves and our entire midfield's been taken out by one 10 yard yeah. pass. Simple pass. Um, and then the, So there was no real depth, there's no uncovering. And then the other one that, that struck me was there was, there was a, a incident just before the goal where, again, it was Reeves and O'Brien. Reeves was about 25 yards out, sort of level of the right-hand side of the box. O'Brien sort of left side of the D, mm. about the same distance out. Reeves plays a sort of 15-yard pass to feet to him. There's no one able to cut it out because no one's really in that area around the edge of a box. O'Brien thinks about shooting, it's not on. So he plays that same 15 yard along the floor pass straight back to Reeves again, that passing channel's completely open. Mm. And then Reeves has a look, he doesn't really fancy his angles and he plays that same pass again. And I thought, when have I last seen a match where two players have so much room on the edge of the other side's area, yeah. they can play that very easily intercepted pass with no danger of losing the ball. It was because naturally, as Jarvis was staying up, 
the other two midfielders had to drop deeper and mm. were essentially standing on the centre-back's toes. And I thought we defended our penalty area well. You think about it, Linton made two good saves, then there was the goal. That was it. It was, good, it was a good goal as well. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was a great finish. It was a great Precisely. shot outside the box. and All those shots were outside the box. Yeah. They created nothing in our penalty area yeah. in the entire game. Absolutely nothing, despite looking so good. So we defended superbly our penalty area. But when you leave people that much space outside the box, you're asking for a problem. Personally, I would have got Jarvis to drop in so that our midfield could be a little higher and we could engage him a little higher up the pitch. And then once we got that equilibrium, then maybe try and push Jarvis yeah. further on. Yeah. But having said that, and having uh, been so presumptuous as to think I know what I'm talking about with tactics, I've got to say that people criticise Keats for being negative. Well, I think we paid a price because he was trying to be too positive. Yeah. He wanted to get up Notts County. And his logic, I guess, was that, okay, this is not good because they're moving the ball around in our half quite easily. But we're defending our box well. They're not making chances. And I'll gamble. I'll leave Jarvis up there so that when we do get a decent ball up to one of the strikers or him, we've got three players running at their back three and they're in trouble. Yeah, and that's the that I, I just I just I just want to make that point because mm. people try to say he's a negative manager. I don't think that's true, and I think that was very bold what he did, but it didn't work. Yeah, it Do didn't I mean? work, and I think we were with Jarvis. I so my biggest criticism of Jarvis when he's playing midfield that he the midfield does look a lot more wafer thin, doesn't yeah, it? Because yeah. he's that sort of attacking. Mm. I don't like saying luxury start, luxury football, but I think he's. He's great to come on. He's great for impact, and I think he would be great to start against someone like Kings Lynn on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Someone who's got that creative flair who yeah. can tear teams apart, teams apart like that. But I think Notts County—they were so well drilled and so mm. well organised. I think they have some cracking players, and as we both said early on today, teams can outplay us at times. You know, we we, yeah. we don't have some divine right to be better than any every team in this league, especially Notts County and Ruben Rodriguez and people yeah, like that yeah. who are. Excellent footballers, but it, it, it for me it was a real frustrating first half. But on hindsight, if we didn't concede what I thought was a really good goal, it would have been nil nil, wouldn't it? Yeah. And it, it, it's, we come out in the second half really, really going for it. I really think we could have got a couple of goals, yeah. couldn't we? The bottom line is that they scored during their good spell, and yeah. we had longer good spells but didn't score during them. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're as fluent as we sometimes can be, but. It seemed to me that after they scored, they were happy to sit back a little more, and we got at them, and we were able to get much more momentum going. Yeah, and we missed some good chances. I mean, I, I've got to be honest. After editing the highlights, I felt a bit more positive about the game than I did during it, mm. because I, I did think actually we did create quite a few good chances. They created none. Yeah, because the three shots they have are on are on target are all from outside the box. Yeah, we actually made six yard box chances, and mixture of good defending and poor finishing meant that we didn't take advantage well, of we had that glaring opportunity and I don't like to hang him out because I think he's been great for most mm. scene but it wasn't Dior Angus's day was it no no um, Tuesday where he could have put the ball oh. anywhere for that pass and there was, wasn't there Golden Davis next to him it was um, Davis and Jarvis Davis and Jarvis that was I'm going to flicked it on for him yes yeah. and, and he just he, <laughs> he put it right in the middle of both of them it didn't just, he and it yeah. was just uh, I feel for him. I do feel for him because I think he's been pretty good, but he's, he's going yeah. through a little bit of a lull at the moment, I think. Absol yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree the same thing. I mean, he's, he's made a big difference for us this year. Yeah. At the moment, he's just had a little little spell where he's not quite right. The same as, you know, we're saying about Jarvis. I'm not, I'm not criticising Jarvis, really, with yeah. his performance. In fact, I thought he played pretty well. Second um, half, he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's more that that was, how, that was his job. I'm not saying he didn't do his job, just that <laughs> I'm saying he did his job, but maybe we should have asked him to slot back in a bit more. Not that's necessarily his natural role. Yeah. Rutherford, for me, um, because he's so energetic and quick, can try to push up the support, but he can get back and support as well. You know? yeah, he's but got Jarvis the... was told not to, yeah. to be fair. I'm, I'm not calling him out. He was told, stay up there because yeah. you'll be the link, and we weren't getting the ball to him. So I... I you know, I, I I thought he did all right actually on Tuesday himself. Yeah, and I think that game would have been completely different if Harris was playing. Oh gosh, yeah. I think it would have been nil nil. Because uh, yeah. I, I to, be, to be honest with you, I think we deserved a draw out of it. If you look at the balance of play, both yeah. halves, but that's 
it's obviously not how football works, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, if County had kept playing like they had in the first half, I thought they would have wiped the floor with us. Yeah. But they didn't. Now, whether that's because they couldn't or because we stopped them, the fact is that oh. all, just because they played the best football in the match, yeah. they didn't play for long enough. And yeah, we should have got something out of that game, shouldn't we? Really? Yeah, it's. <sighs> It's 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 really good that we we won the boring mug game really because I yeah. think if both of them were draws, the pressure would be really really on us now yeah. leading into this Kingsland game, which is you know it's going to still going to be a tough game, isn't yeah, it? These, yeah. these teams come to play against us, don't they? Yeah. So after those two games, what's your what how what, how are you feeling going into Kingsland on Saturday? It's still in our hands, yeah. firstly. Um, it may well be. I mean, we need four, we need five points, and we're guaranteed. It might be that four, or maybe even three, could be enough. Um, yeah. Sadly, it's going to be hard now to get fifth. Yeah. So we probably, if we're going to get through the playoffs, we probably need two away games. Um, but you know, we've played well in away matches, so I'm not overly stressed in a sense by that. Yeah, I, I, I certainly, I mean, I've got to be honest, I didn't feel too upset on Tuesday about the performance at all. And then having looked at the highlights, I, I feel like even more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling positive. I still feel we ought to get in the playoffs, to be honest with you. What, what do you reckon? Um, happy about the Bournemouth game, but not happy that we've had to come back from 2-0 down because I yeah. don't like the fact. Yeah, I know it's brilliant and it's amazing as football fans and for entertainment value, it's... It's amazing that we won three two, but it's also horrendously frustrating as well that we've had to. Yeah. We've conceded two goals in the first half, but the Notts County game, I'm, I know they're a good side, and there was just one goal in it, and mm. on other other occasions, we that goal might have come to us. So I'm not, yeah. and I've heard a lot of fans who are saying, "Oh, you know, well, what's the point of us being in the playoffs? We can't beat any of them in the playoffs." I'd have to disagree. You know, you got to look at previous seasons where. We beat Luton and they beat us in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, these are one-off matches, so as long as we're in the playoffs, we've got a good free hit at this, and I'm, we're still there. We're still amongst it. Yeah. King, well, if we look at the, yeah, Kings Lane is going to be a, not going to be an easy game. No yeah. games are easy. If we get a win there and a draw at Dagenham, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Kings Lane game is just one of those. They're down the bottom of the table, so you'd expect us to beat them. But like you said, there's nothing guaranteed. They'll scrap like hell. And, you know, I just hope that's not the slip-up. You know, yeah. that, I can understand what happened on Tuesday, but we have to win on Saturday. Um, it's, yeah, I'm... You said something a moment ago, and I, I thought, oh, that's a good point. I want to say something about that, and I've completely forgotten what it was. <laughs> yeah, what I, a, I, what so, a shame. And so have I. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we just... Oh, that's it. The teams you come against. I've heard that a lot as well, this whole, you know, we can't beat the teams who are in the playoffs. Yeah. But we have. I mean, yeah. two of Hartlepool, Sutton and Torquay will be in it. Well, we dis we destroyed Sutton at our place and we drew 0-0 there and they didn't look like scoring. Yeah. Well, that's that, they're the best team, I think, in the divisions. So that's yeah. brilliant. Torquay did the double over us, I admit. But the second match, we shouldn't have lost. It was a very late goal. Yeah. Um, Hartlepool... We've won at Hartlepool and yeah. drew at home with them. So, you know, they haven't scored past us in either game. Why would I be scared of that? Then when you look at some of the other teams, right, okay, Stockport beat us twice. I accept that. But then that doesn't mean they'll beat us a third time. Um, we've got Notts County beat us twice. Quite frankly, I wouldn't be at all scared of Notts County. I feel we could easily have won both those matches. Yeah. Possibly should have done. Um, certainly shouldn't have lost either. You know, th these are... Yeah. Teams we get results against, Bromley are looking in there. Well, we, you know, we beat them comfortably. I, I, I don't leave. We've drawn against twice, and we would have beaten both. Yeah. Well, the referee, unbelievable refereeing decisions yeah. in both matches. We'd won both those games. I'm not scared. I, I don't subscribe to this, or oh, I don't want to be playing Stockport because they beat us twice. Mm. You know, remember the season where we got to the final um, against Newport? We'll not talk about that game, yeah. but you know, Kidderminster. Beat us quite comfortably yeah. twice that season, yeah. didn't they? And I, I remember talking to Kidminster fans like, "Oh yeah, we're going to win this," and I think we won quite comfortably in both yeah. of those games. So I, I don't, I really, really don't subscribe to, um, oh, you know, these are one-off games. It's like a cut match, isn't it? As soon as you get into the playoffs, yeah. to be honest, I'd probably rather a team like Wrexham in some regards where it's a free hit. You know, yeah. we haven't got any pressure. Yeah. You know, we we don't feel deflated because we've not been in a title race. Mm. Yeah. So. 
I'm not worried about the playoffs. If we get in the playoffs, brilliant. If we get knocked out in the first round, let's go on next season. I would feel as well that if I was one of those other teams, I wouldn't really fancy playing us. Yeah. Because if they're at home to us, we've actually done very well at away games lately. We, we, we're very fast on the break. break. We've had some spectacular away wins. Anyone who's seen our game at Halifax or at Woking would be really concerned about yeah. playing against us. Anyone who's seen us fight back at Boreham Wood would be not only concerned, but be worried about our fighting spirit. Yeah. I don't think those teams should, would be looking at us and thinking that's a walkover at all. I, 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 the odds are slightly weighed against us now, I think, after Tuesday. Yeah. But, you know, we were always going to be in the, you know, the first round of the playoffs. And like you say, it's, it, it, you got a puncher's chance in the playoffs, haven't you? And I think the Notts County game, for me, it was, it was just like a boxing match where mm. someone, someone's taken... Notts County took eight rounds off us and we, we battled to take the rest of the, yeah, yeah. the rounds sort of thing. And, and for me, on any, any given day, we, can, we, could beat, we could have beat Notts County. You know, the Notts County game, for me, it wasn't anything to really cry about. It, no. I don't think it was a horrendous performance. I've seen some really crazy reactions to it on social media. Yeah, we lost. But it was an even game. If we would have lost 3 or 4 nil, yeah. then I would have been like, well, you know what I mean? It's, it's, there's yeah. no point in being so angry and frustrated yeah. about it. Uh, you know, it's un- understandable to be frustrated at the fact we've lost a yeah. huge game, but the performance wasn't any, didn't deserve that yeah. sort of reaction at all. No. And, and I agree, first 25, they were great. But um, I reckon if I was scoring it as a, as a boxing judge, I'd give them the first four rounds yeah, and then the rest of it, pretty much us. I reckon we, you know, because <laughs> after that they didn't really do much after the first twenty-five yeah. minutes, did they? So I'm, my worry, and it was illustrated in the Notts County game, and it's something which I think will probably be addressed in the summer by money, is I, I don't think we have a reliable finisher. Uh, maybe Ponticelli, if he'd had a proper run at things, might have been that, but he's not had that continuity, so he uh, he isn't at the moment. We haven't got a proper finisher. And, and and that could come to bite us in tough games against quality sides yeah. who won't give you that many chances. You know, yeah. we we made chances against Boreham Woods, but but you know probably Hartlepool won't give us that many chances. For example, so we need Angus to be sparking again. I think. Do we look at maybe if he's fit, starting Ponticelli and um, Gold up front, possibly on Saturday. Po- yeah, possibly. I just think yeah on Tuesday. We were very threatening, yeah. but we didn't really work to keep it. I thought I so, thought Gold had an all right game as well. Yeah, to be fair, he, yeah. I think he serves a, pur- a real purpose, yeah. doesn't he? I think if we had Quamway for all these last oh, few games, yeah. I think we would have been nearly home and dry now. Oh gosh, yeah, we'd have more points now. If yeah, we, and I'm not, that's not a criticism of anybody. No, but yeah. I also, I think that the way we collapsed and lost three games in a row after he was injured, there was a psychological blow. Yeah. the whole squad knew right. This lad's on fire, and we can use him, and he'll drag us up the table, and then he's gone, and we can't replace him. It seemed yeah. with anything decent, and Keats done really well to bring in a few players who have different attributes and are of a level where they can contribute. Mm. He's done brilliantly considering the restrictions on him, um, but I think you could see the squad was deflated by it, and those three home losses, it was tough games as well, weren't they? I mean, I've got to say that's another reason why Stockport doesn't. You know, I respect Stockport. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we 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 were just coming off losing that player, getting down, having a great start against Notts County, not scoring, and then getting hit with a sucker punch. That that was a painful defeat. Yeah. Because we were better than them. Yeah. No question we were better than them at their place. Then you get the sucker punch of the late the last minute winner by Torquay in an even game against a title contender, and then you collapse against Stockport, having not done badly till the second goal went in. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was just—it was like a psychological collapse. So we we focus on games like the Bournemouth game, and rightly look at that fantastic comeback or the Weymouth game or the Maidenhead game. But that's a really good comeback by the squad yeah. to be down on its knees, but still the squad and the coaching staff are. And we get back up and we go again, and they have to. And, and that's what I like about this team. This is why I find this. I don't think a lot of people say this. For me, this team is really, really likable because yeah. you can never truly write them off because they've really got a real fighting spirit. Exactly. And isn't that all we, we've been asking for for Wrexham side? Especially after last season, you know? Yeah. This season's been a rebuild, really, isn't it? After last yeah, season. Totally. And yeah. not 
only has this been a rebuild, it's been a, a really good fight from all these lads who are really wearing the shirt with pride, you know, and I feel, I feel proud watching these guys and just we need the fans back, maybe that'll jam yeah, them yeah. up for the playoffs yeah. as well, but it's, yeah, I, I'm re- I'm happy with this side and I really like the fight in them and they're never really truly out of it and mm. for me, as a Wrexham fan, that's all you want. Exactly right, exactly right. Um, yeah, and not just Wrexham fans, football fans in general will say we want a team that fights, but then if they'll get the result, they'll complain anyway. Yeah. That's not just a Wrexham thing, is it? Yeah. Um, it's human nature, but having said that, you're quite right. I mean, you think of what happened last season, and the budget this year was much smaller than the budget yeah. the season before. To be in the playoffs, if we do get there, is a very impressive in itself, yeah. and we've had some results against sides that, that have been impressive, that mean we, we've got a shot. So yeah, I, overall, I feel positive, and yeah. hopefully we can just do the business on Saturday, routine win, and then that does give us one foot in the playoffs. Yeah, and it does, and it, it, Saturday, me, if me, if next next Friday, me and you are talking about Kingsland, and we've lost, then you know, it does deserve heavy criticism if we lose to Kingsland, no, doesn't not. it? We, we just got to get so, the result. So how we yeah, get the result. even if we play terribly and win one 0 that's you know. Precisely. We can't lose to Steve Cleves, boys, can we? Oh, don't <laughs> somebody wouldn't mention that bloke. And now you've gone spoiled all by saying something stupid like that bloke's name. <laughs> With apologies to Frank and Nancy Sinatra. Uh, because obviously, you know, mafia run that. They <laughs> Did I really say that? Yeah. Oh, man. Right. Um... I think we should end this segment yes. and on that possibly dangerous note and move on. <laughs> yes, I agree. I'm Jordan Pondicelli and you're listening to the Dragon Art Radio Show. Right, well, we are going to talk about diversifying a bit here. Of course, uh, focus is always on the men's first team at Wrexham Football Club and was ready, always been so. But... We know that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are very keen to uh, encourage the women's football side. When the takeover was announced, they said they were going to invest £50,000 into it straight away. And there's a lot of interesting uh, ways that we could sort of diversify as a sports club rather than just male and women's football. Well, definitely, and it's something I think you see a lot more in the continent with, like, Barcelona, they have a handball and basketball team, don't they? Bayern Munich have a very good basketball team. Fenerbahce have a good basketball team as well. Um, And I think with esports too, which is absolutely huge, every football league and Premier League club have an esports representative too. So I think there's many different ways that we could make Wrexham as a brand for all sports around the area to be re- to be huge it should be fantastic interesting you mentioned branding there because that, that that would seem to me to be the the clear possible advantage of, of doing that sort of thing and obviously a big part of what is being proposed by the new owners is that they know how to create publicity positive publicity around a business and you know, having a, a Wrexham team in as many spheres as possible, if you like, could, could fulfil that, couldn't it? Um, it's a, The multi-sport thing is interesting. I mean, of course, a lot of those teams you're mentioning, like Real Madrid and Barcelona, uh, strictly speaking, are sports clubs, not football clubs. And that's why Barcelona, they have FC Barcelona at the front to, to sort of differentiate. Essentially, this is the football branch of the, cl- the club. And let's be honest, it's the most important branch of the club. Yeah. But there can be drawbacks sometimes for them in terms of, okay, take Barcelona. Well, actually, both of them. They're, they're, they're run as sports clubs who elect a president. That president obviously focuses massively on the football, but actually is the president of of everything. Um, there's a sometimes there can be sort of problems that okay, your socios, your members who are voting and deciding matters, actually a surprisingly high percentage of them might not be football fans. So the people picking the person who runs Real Madrid Football Club could be disproportionately interested in, in basketball. 
yeah to take an example so that, yeah. that, that that's a slightly unusual you know it's 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 a quite specific thing in certain European countries to, to, to run a club that way. Uh, I, I, you can imagine that the background of it, you know, being decades ago, just wanting to set up a sports club so people, mm. members can play different sports. I think I'm right, am I, in saying that, oh, which one? One of the big Brazilian clubs, I think, started off as a rowing club. Wow. So part of me wants to say Corinthians, but I'm not yeah, sure. because if there's a, isn't there a boat on their badge or something along yeah, those lines? Yeah. Isn't there? It probably is Corinthians, yeah. And then you you look at Wrexham, for example, which was formed out of Wrexham Cricket Club, yeah. something for their 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 players to do during the winter. So you know, British sport didn't go in that direction, but it could easily yeah. have been that that Wrexham Sports Club owns a football team, the cricket team. Uh, didn't go that way. There have been attempts to do that in British football, um, but I was about to say most famously, and then realised I need to not say famously, because <laughs> it ain't famous. Uh, about, what, 20 years ago, York City had an owner who was who was uh, massively into motorsports. And right. so he, oh gosh, he, he changed York City's name to, was it York Sporting Club, I think? And he tried to bring in his uh, motorsports team as part of it. Well, he did, he did do that. He changed York's kit, so it had a, a stripe on the shorts. That was a checkered flag. And, the, and and they kept having that branding all the time on their programmes, everything, for years. But, I mean, that didn't really catch on. And, and, and York, well, York were a football league club at the time, and uh, they ain't anymore. So that didn't work well. But it's just hit me. Aren't there... Right, is this esports or is it real? Or is it a dream I had once after a particularly heavy curry? Um, isn't there a, 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 is it one of the E Grand Prix things where the teams each represent a Premier League or Champions League team? Isn't there some sort of. What, what on a, in a, like FIFA or. I'm not sure if it's actual people or esports. I, I, I'm sure I've, I'm, it's just hit me then. This idea. Because... Of, there is a FIFA eSports Premier League and there's yeah. a FIFA eSports Champions League and there's the FIFA Invitational mm. where they can make you know, a hell of a lot of money. The, the cash pool is like 20k uh, for the, the winner of the, 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 the eSports Premier League, which is massive. So would you be against having a, say, a prominent eSports team at Wrexham? Um, I, I couldn't see a reason why you'd be against it. I think that, you know, I mean... Why not? Uh, like you say, other clubs have gone into. I remember there were a big stir, wasn't there, when Wolfsburg bought an e an esports player to be the Wolfsburg yeah. player, and people yeah. were bemused by it. And I've got to be honest. Look, I mean, look at the state of me. I'm an old man. At first, I, I I struggled to get my head around the idea of sitting and watching other people playing FIFA on TV. Uh, I struggled a bit at the notion of people game capturing games and sticking them on, on YouTube. I'd rather play it myself, but but I get it now. I totally get it. I don't yeah. get drone racing. That's that's wrong. Drone <laughs> racing, no. But but yeah, I get it now. I get it. It is, and it can be quite diverting to watch. Actually, I find you know, casually stick it on. I, I tend to end up leaving it on uh, yeah I don't see any harm in that whatsoever well a lot of League 2 teams I know I've seen Tramier on Twitter they they have an esports team for FIFA it's, it's going to be mainly FIFA isn't it and I think the, 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 the goal for Wrexham is to get us into League 2 first so we can get onto FIFA mm. you know which is <laughs> brilliant for brand exposure isn't it yeah yeah Famous, famously Stevenage did a that well their kit sponsor is Burger King isn't it yeah, uh, yeah, and Burger King did a, a theme thing. If you play with their kit on Ultimate Team, uh, if you score an amazing goal and Burger King see it, they'll give you free food for like a year or something ridiculous. <laughs> and just everyone started wearing the Stevenage kit, which is great for brand ex brand exposure. But for me, I'd, one thing I've really done, I've done my research now on esports and football. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you're aware. Have you heard of Dota in League of Legends before? No. <laughs> Huge games in China and Korea, and I mean uh -huh. massive. Schalke have now got a League of Legends team, their own League of Legends team. They wear the Schalke kits, they play. And let's just say this League of Legends top tournaments get 3.8 million viewers live. 
that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they, they use the, the Shulker and PSG have got a Dota team as well. Just Dota is huge in China and that gets 1.8 million viewers. But they're using it as brand exposure in those areas where they've struggled to get their brand across. So they, they, they've, bought, they've bought a team of good players who are not, you know, not the best, but PSG and Schalke are competing in, in these sports, which are big and which is making the brand exposure much bigger in, in their respective clubs, which, is, which would be, I think, an avenue which would be great for Wrexham, especially with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. The, 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 their, their exposure alone has made Wrexham's brand exposure huge. I, I don't like saying brand exposure, but yeah, football yeah. clubs are brands now, aren't they? I agree with you completely, but having said that, I think that it's the phrase that's that's offensive, isn't it? Really, if you phrase yeah. it more sensibly, as uh, you know, money making opportunities. Maybe that's not so great either. But yeah, it's it's the phrase that feels a bit uncomfortable. Uh, I I I don't see why not. But I I I think as well. I think an awful lot of football clubs are a bit old fashioned and traditional. Yeah. Their commercial setups often are still geared towards selling advertising, selling executive boxes, and don't get me wrong, that's worth a lot of money. Hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think, well, like you say, I mean, I mean, uh, gaming is something that it, they're slowly understanding the value of, but it, it could be something that's massive, uh, absolutely massive. I, I've just had a quick look, you know, I said about that electronic Formula One thing. Right, I found something. I think this is it. I'm sure there's a more recent version. 2008, the Super League formula. And so it's, it, was, it was a physical racing uh, it's a, it's game. So it's not, it's not eSports. It was held at Donington Park. But the teams would all be sponsored by football teams. And it had the slogan, the beautiful race football at 300 kilometers an hour. Um, and at first, well, if I, if I just... Tell you the teams that did well. Um, it was for two se- for two years. It was it was six rounds with twelve and then sixteen races. There were eighteen teams in it. That's pretty consistent. Um, but it folded in twenty eleven. Um, if I tell you the teams that did well, it'll give you a sense first of how big it, they were hoping for it to be, and secondly how it collapsed. So the first season it is won by Beijing Guam football team, which all right. British football fans say what, but I think that reflects what you're saying about gaming and and, and yeah. novel ways of getting into football in the Far East. Second were PSV Eindhoven, and third were AC Milan. The next year, first were Liverpool, second were Spurs, third were Basel. The next year, first were Anderlecht, second were Spurs, third were Basel, um, and then the 2011 only had two races in it, and as you can hear the football teams lost interest because the winners were Team Australia, then Team Japan, then Team yeah. Luxembourg. So the football teams have cleared off and then folded. <laughs> but that sort of thing, there's no link between football and motorsports. But all sorts of original um, ideas could be explored here, couldn't they? But, but I think yeah. sports in some ways is the most intriguing for me. Uh, how would we go about doing that at Wrexham, do you think? Well, maybe... Hiring a good player at a specific sport that's what, an esport or specific game that's popular. So Fortnite gets so many views, mm-hmm. you know, um, CSGO, uh, FIFA, uh, League of Legends, Dota. These are, are all huge games. And what these players do is they stream. Have you heard of streaming? Getting, well, you've obviously heard of streaming before. But that's they, they, nice they, <laughs> Well, we no, but they stream right now. <laughs> they, no, I mean they stream on. They stream on Twitch. You know, you know what Twitch is, don't yes, you? Yes, I know what Twitch is. I know some. Yeah. <laughs> I know some of the listeners. They may not know, but uh, that's very they, <laughs> they um, stream games on Twitch, and they maybe Rexham could be a sponsor for a big player or mm. a semi-big or an up-and-coming player, and that's brand exposure for people who are for a lot of kids who are into, say, FIFA or League of Legends or these sort of games, it gets Wrexham out there, doesn't it, to, to a demographic that we wouldn't get out there usually. That's my view on it anyway. So I, I think it would be huge, and it wouldn't cost much either. I think there'd be you could get some good players from around this area and really ex- use Wrexham as a brand to get 
them into better places in competing in esports and to get Wrexham as a club out there. It's a fascinating concept, isn't it? Because if you think about it, well, firstly, football clubs are always obsessed with getting young people to support them. Well, you know, hello, this is hitting the correct demographic. It's, you know, gaming, you, you, are, you are not aiming at many people like me. You get, you're aiming at, at, at those young, impressionable kids who are looking for a team to support or, or a sport to really fall in love with. So straight away, you're onto something there. And then secondly, I mean, this takeover, uh, this is worth really examining in detail, actually, I think. Yeah. It's a, is it a unique takeover? This is not the first time rich people have bought a football club, obviously. It's not the first time rich football people have bought a football club with a genuine intention to, to build it up and do right by it. Because think mm. of say, Jack Walker at Blackburn, for example. And also, as it now transpires, Venkies at Blackburn, even though they were hated at first, I think people now realise they've stuck with them through the hard times and keep plowing mm. cash into them. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not unusual. But for people to be doing it like this, where they've deliberately sought out a long-time project with a club that's on hard times... And for them to be looking to build it up into something new by essentially using modern technology yeah. in the sense that, okay, we, we have a big catchment area, and that's been said a number of times by them, but the really big catchment area is not, you know, selling Ryan Reynolds to McCunflet. It's selling Ryan Reynolds to South Korea. It's selling yeah. Ryan Reynolds to India. It's selling Ryan Reynolds to Canada. You know, th that's our audience in that sense through electronic media. And that fits beautifully hand in hand of the idea that we spread the word through electronic media, through esports. It, it, it's yeah. the more you, you say it, the more you convince me that this is a very natural link that we should be looking to well, make. All it takes is Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhenney to put one tweet out saying, who, who would like to play for Wrexham esports team? Mm. All those kids from Canada and all those kids from America who may not be the top, top players of certain different sports, but they may be a player. They may be really good. They might may be on the up. It's more brand exposure to a completely different demographic. It's more people buying shirts. You know, have you, have you heard of Ninja, the Fortnite player? No. Well, he's he, he's he's made a ridiculous amount of money, and he's got a ridiculous following. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 getting, and because it, we could have someone who's backed by Ryan Reynolds who may share a tweet of theirs from time to time, yeah. it'll make an expose, it make the brand exposure huge. Yeah. Which I maybe maybe because I'm at, it's a conference club, and maybe it may not happen, and maybe my thoughts on it is a bit extreme but i think it's something that maybe should at least be explored i, I think it's a fascinating idea to be honest with you and, and as well i mean if you think about it right we wreck some look to try to take advantage right. of uh you know say youtube which which is a genuine revenue mm -hmm. earner for the club not a huge revenue earner but a decent one we've got eight thousand subscribers you know we do pretty decently on it um but I mean, <laughs> memorably, there have been a couple of times when we have actually gone, well, I, th I think it'd be fair to say we've gone viral with them. And the two obvious ones are the Dom Vos goal against Gateshead. And I'm just checking my facts here, 521,000 views. And then the Cheeslevich ghost goal at Kidderminster, 486,000 yeah. views. Now, when you think about these two videos, you know, I tell you, it was exciting. And I tell you, it raised money for the club. But the, the sort of um, exposure you're talking about, people who operate exclusively in the realm of social media and platforms like YouTube, that sort of stuff's chicken feed. That sort of yeah. stuff what they'll get for anything. And, and if we're excited at the possibilities of occasionally doing having success like that, well, why, why don't we pursue a, a policy which could make that a regular occurrence? Yeah, even if it's just giving, uh, having Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhenney contact, maybe not them personally, but their team, contacting a prominent esports member and saying, oh, 
would you like to be sponsored by Wrexham? Would you like to bang a Wrexham top on for your stream? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they put it on. It's then a few thousand of a few well, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of kids who are watching their streams, watching their YouTube content, who are going to go, what's that? Oh, I want one of them. They go buy the top. Yeah. Then it's, and then it's just a big, I don't know. I just think it's something that with these owners, maybe if we didn't have these famous owners that it would maybe wouldn't be worth exploring that much, maybe just having a FIFA yeah. team or something like that. But yeah. with these owners, why not go for it? Why not have a think about going going around these sort of elements of esports, which is going to be massive. It's going to be huge. The esports is going to be on Sky eventually. It's going to be on BT eventually. It already is, isn't it? It already is, but I mean, as a front-running yeah. thing, yeah. eventually, it is in Korea. It, yeah. It's their national sport in Korea. It's, I just see, I just think, why not? Why not try and jump on it? Absolutely. I mean... If you think about it, that they want to use their reputations and their names in order to raise revenue for the club. Sticking a tweet out like that is not going to even take much of their time, but it could be extremely valuable in this context. And yeah. like you say, carefully choosing the influencers, see, vocabulary, uh, can really be effective. I mean, if I could take an obvious example of, of an influencer, I know that, you know, after this interview goes out, people will be looking to buy the 2012-13 Wrexham away shirt because you're wearing it. We all know this. <laughs> Classic shirt as well, isn't it? There you go. You've been <laughs> flooding the market on, on eBay. You've got, you've got boxes of them, haven't you? <laughs> I don't know. But I it's, Sorry, go it, on. It, it's just something that it's a bit out of the box. And I think the problem is with football is we look at it and think, we look at these esports. I think a lot of the the, the older fans and the, I won't say the older fans, some of the tr more traditional football fans will scoff at things like this. Yeah. But it's not worth scoffing because this is the future and it, it makes a hell of a lot of money and brings a lot of exposure to things. I've got um, to I, say, don't, I don't think many football, football teams have really ex explored it in this way as well. I mean, I've got to say, if you'd said this to me a couple of years ago, I would have scoffed. And I think you're right to be realistic that we're not for the takeover. This could be something that we could do, but I don't think we'd actually get any benefit out of it much as yeah. such. Um, but I get it now. I, I can see it. I mean, partly because I'm a teacher and I see the utter obsession kids have with with gaming, with, you know, streaming their games. I, I You see it. You know, uh, and it's like, yeah, this is this, this can only get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, it's, yeah, I think it's an opportunity. If uh, if Rob and Ryan are watching, and you need, uh, you know, an esports quality player, I, I'm really good at Pac-Man. This is Jay Harris, and you're listening to Dragon Heart Radio. <laughs> this is the final whistle podcast. Of the Rexham AFC media team.